Hello, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Atia Blair. She is the owner of the Real Estate Reset. She's also a real estate investor and a professional speaker. How are you doing today, Atia? I am doing fantastic, Tony. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining. So tell us about Atia Blair. What sparked your interest in the real estate industry? Uh, so it was leaving my two things. One, leaving my nine to five and trying to figure out what exactly to do as an entrepreneur. And then the second thing is my dad. So my father is a general contractor since the day I was born and we didn't have a lot of money. So daddy's job was daycare. Daddy's job was the after school program. Uh, so I used to be on my dad's job, just running around when daddy's dropping us to school in the morning. The guys are hopping on the back of the truck. He's picking them up along the way. So I got used to, you know, being around these, these contractors. Um, and so when I started doing it myself, you know, a lot of women are super intimidated because you're, you're working with all these, you know, big guys. And for me, it's just like, oh, those are daddy's friends. You know, it's never a, a mental complex for me. So um, when I left my nine to five back in 2011, I didn't go straight to real estate. I started a coaching and consulting business around health and wellness. Uh, really wasn't my passion. Um, and as I looked around and said, what else, you know, can I do? I was definitely watching all those HGTV shows at that time. I was like, you know what? I should do that because I felt confident in the space again because of my dad. Mm -hmm. um, and I did my first flip. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I made more money on that first flip than I made all year in my struggling business. I shut the business down immediately and went full time in real estate. And that was six years ago. So that's uh, that's how this got going. Wow. And do you focus on residential or commercial real estate? And why did you pick um, one over the other? So if you ask the banks, it would be considered commercial because um, once you are um once you're on the investing side, it's kind of all commercial, but I do um, residential and I do some commercial mixed use. So I don't have any straight commercial buildings. Um, so it's like the uh, storefront on the bottom, apartments up top. I have maybe five or six of those buildings. Mm -hmm. um, and then other than that, straight up uh, apartment buildings. Apartment buildings. Okay. And how many properties have you accumulated to date? So I have five rehabs going on right now. When these are done, I'll be kissing 60. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so five going on at the same time. What does it take to rehab five properties all at once? Because doing one on its own is already a headache. Yeah, the answer is simple, a team. Mm. It is, It is. Um, you know, just not a good idea. I was about to say it's impossible. I'm sure if I got no sleep, I can get it done. And I, I did nothing else with my life. No family time, no eating. <laughs> I can run all the jobs by myself, but since I like to eat and spend time with my family, I have a team. Right. Um, so that is reliable contractors that I've built relationships with over the years. Many of my, I know uh, everyone goes contractors, and yes, they can be a handful. But when you find those those good folks um, who do honest business and do good work, um, you keep them around. And so I've been able to do that. And uh, so I have my team of contractors. I have a, a project manager who does a lot of the running around for me if I need that. So no more. In the earlier days when I was just doing one or two jobs and it was just me before I had staff, I'm at Home Depot and the Lowe's every single day, picking up materials in the supply houses, ordering things. Um, 
at this point, I almost never have to leave my computer if I don't want to. So I have, I have a team uh, running everything uh, and I make decisions. And I, like Oprah Winfrey said, I sign all my checks. Nobody signs go. checks. Um, and that, that's how I do it. Okay. And what are the most important, well, I guess all the members of the team are important, but what are the members, uh, what, what makes up the team? What roles make up a real estate investment company team? Sure, there's so many, but the primary ones that we all know, contractors, they really can make or break your job. So that's important. Um, if you are not going to put your eyes on the property, you need somebody who will. So whether that's a general contractor who are managing all your subcontractors, which are electricians, plumbers, masons, roofers, you know, all those guys, uh, you definitely want to leverage technology before you pay anybody. You want to see that the work was done. Um, also, you have lenders, you know, because you got to ha have money, have a money team. I don't recommend you use your own money for this. It's, um, you can go further a lot faster if you're leveraging other people's money. When I was just using my coins, little coins I had, I was only able to afford like one rehab at a time. I eventually built up enough money where I could afford like one and a half. So I was in one and I could afford to start looking for the second one and maybe mm -hmm. buy it, but I didn't have enough money to rehab it. And so when I started learning about other people's money, um, which is IE debt, right? It's a loan. And I say that because I was raised, and I know many of us were raised like, debt is bad. It's going to kill you. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to put you underground. Um, and the truth is wealthy people leverage debt to make more money. It's very different uh, taking out debt to buy a bag and a pair of red bottoms than it is to buy an appreciating asset. And so I do leverage that. And so that's how I have five rehabs going on now versus only one because I'm using other people's money. So that money team is important. Having an attorney is important. I haven't talked about this publicly yet because I just got news this week, but um, I had a lawsuit that I've been in for the last three years. Uh -huh. And when it first popped up three years ago, I had my attorney like, boom, hey, deal with this for me, please. It was a frivolous slip and fall. Uh, mm -hmm. I came out of it 100% clean. I didn't have to pay out anything because it was frivolous. I did have to pay my attorney, uh, but you want to just have that person um, to look over agreements, contracts, all that good stuff. Um, you want to have property management. That's really important. If you just have one or two properties, I would recommend that you do your own property management so you can learn um, what property management looks like, what those systems should be, grow your maintenance team yourself. And I've done property management every way because I've been investing since 2007. Um, so I've done it where I've done it myself. I've had outsourced the property management team where you're paying on average 10% for that management. Um, and then you pay, you know, one month's rent for the acquisition of the tenant. I've done a hybrid where I've managed it long-term, but I had someone acquire the tenant. So I just had an acquisition person. And now my portfolio is large enough where I have a full-time property manager just for me in-house. And that's how I like it. I control the money, I control the moves, the repairs, the maintenance, the system. I get to watch everything. Um, to me, that's best because when I did outsource it uh, to a property management company, um, you don't know if they're spending, you know, creating invoices that, you know, really didn't happen. And mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, when I, I decided to uh, remove them and I removed them because one of my tenants passed away and they didn't tell me. And I didn't find out until five months later. And I was not happy about that. 
um, for, for, for many reasons. I won't take up our time with that, but uh, you have no idea what's going on. And then other tenants weren't being treated properly. And this is important. I know I'm spending a bit of time on this, but it's really important. Um, when I did take it back over and I brought it in house, uh, I got complaints. I saw complaints from tenants. They were not taking care. And I'm a not a slumlord. I'm a good landlord. When you put in a maintenance request, I'm on it right away. Because when I request that rent the first of the month, I want it right away, right? It's a fair yeah. exchange. And so they weren't responding to maintenance requests. They were ignoring tenants. They weren't doing what they needed to do. But they do that because it is in their favor to do so. Because if they get one month's rent for every new tenant, they like the turnover because they get that injection of cash. Mm. And so um, I've just learned to just, yeah, keep, keep my eyes on that. So property management. Um, is super important. A good title company, or if you live in a state where uh, title companies don't handle closings, uh, attorneys, so it's either title like New York, you have to have an attorney um, do that, but you'll know depending on your state. So uh, they will make sure that when you buy a property, it's really yours, free and clear of any encumbrances, um, liens, um, you know, back water bills, you know, different things like that. Those things will get paid at the closing table by the person you're acquiring the property for instead of it, you know, popping up on you later. And they do give you insurance when they um, do the search to make sure there's nothing. So if something does pop up, they pay for it and you don't. Um, You never want to buy property just paying the seller, you know, straight up. You got to have that title search done. You got to get that deed Uh, because people are selling properties that they don't own. Yeah. you know, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, fraudulent activity with that. So those are some of the most important um, team members. Okay, thanks for that. And you mentioned that you started your investing career in 2017. We all know 2000, Seven. 2007, sorry, 2008 was a hell of a time in the economy. <laughs> how, how did that work out? I had no idea what was coming. I was just so happy. I'm a homeowner. I was 23 years old, uh, super excited and proud that I bought a house so young. And uh, it was a three-level townhouse. I bought it for Mm $123,000. And by the time 2008, 2009 rolled around, it was only worth 80 some thousand dollars. Yeah. And so um, a lot of my neighbors in the neighborhood, they began foreclosing, selling their properties, I decided to hold on to mine because I had already moved out. I I lived in there for one year. I did do a FHA loan. I lived in there for one year. I moved out and I rented it out. Um, The rent still covered the mortgage. Mm -hmm. And so I said, it's really no loss to me. I know the value is not there. I'm going to hold it because the rent covers the mortgage. And sure enough, that property did bounce back. I ended up selling it because it didn't cash flow well about two years ago. But I owned it for over a decade and I I sold it for $146,000. And it was mostly paid down at that that point. Uh, So I sold it, did what's called a 1031 exchange where I can avoid uh, paying capital gains tax on that sale. And I use those funds and you avoid capital gains tax as long as you purchase other real estate with the proceeds, uh, which I did. I picked up two buildings in Philadelphia. That house was in North Carolina. Um, and so I flipped it into two other properties. Okay. 
And where are most of your properties located? The majority in Philadelphia. Um, I started in North Carolina, but the majority in Philadelphia and a little bit in Maryland. Okay. And what are your thoughts on the Philadelphia market right now? Uh, the market has been super, super hot. Um, I was actually at a real estate club meeting yesterday and we were, we were talking about it. So Philadelphia has some challenges. We need more high paying jobs, but you have uh, New York money in the market because a lot of individuals who are priced out of the New York market, um, they come, they live in Philadelphia and commute to New York. Um, uh, because let's say you're driving to work and you're sitting in traffic for an hour, hour and a half, well, you can hop on the Acela train for an hour and get to New York and get back, you know, so some people are doing that. So that's helped the market a bit. Um, there's still a, a high demand for, for housing. Um, so people are still, you know, looking for apartments, looking for homes to buy. So properties are still moving um, very well here. You can't get houses anymore here for 20 and $30,000. I do suspect that that might change in the coming months. Um, because prices are already starting to drop. Um, okay. We're seeing, you know, it's not the multiple offer situation. We weren't very much so a seller's market where sellers could just make all the demands. We are in, I wouldn't quite say we're in a buyer's market yet, but we are in a very soft seller's market at this point. Like we about to tip over where it's just not for sellers anymore, it's for buyers. Mm. Um, so it's still, still a, a strong market with lots of growth. That's what I look for when I invest in properties, when the, when the neighborhoods are already fully renovated and everything's new and gorgeous and people can walk their dogs at three o'clock in the morning and they know all well, all that, of course you want to invest there. But the, the uh, market has been squeezed, if you will, values are uh, high, you know, um, and what you're looking for is that equity. You're looking to pay this much, but it be worth this much. And right. so when you have a market that has room to grow, that's why people say like buy the hood, right? Especially when you see um, signs of growth, new construction, new companies coming in town. Um, you want to buy a few blocks out from that because you know that growth will typically trickle out. And then you could get a couple hundred thousand dollars in your pocket by not doing anything extra, just mm -hmm. that you bought at the right time in the right place. That makes sense. And speaking of the economy again, so we're going into another interesting time. What is your uh, strategy right now? What is your uh, your game plan? Yeah, so one thing, uh, during the pandemic, the cost for construction went up exponentially. And so I've been, my model has been um, buy, do a full gut, um, and it's almost always small. It's always small multifamily. I haven't bought singles in a very long time. Um, construction is just too expensive. And so I'm buying um, pre-renovated, um, pre pre-occupied um, properties. Um, they have to be in pretty good condition because I'll tell you, because of my strategy, renovating everything, full gut, doing everything new, I'm not one of those landlords that are exhausted by maintenance calls. I'm not getting them because everything's new. If something broke, you broke it. You're going to pay for it. You know, we'll send our guy out, but the bill goes to you. Right. And I like that. It's harder work and more work on the front side, but I'd rather do the extra work for, you know, five, six, 12 months, whatever it is, because I know I'm going to hold this property for the next 10, 20 years, and mm -hmm. it'll just be, you know, good to me, um, you know, long-term. 
Uh, so looking at um, properties that are already renovated. Okay. And these are multifamily properties. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my portfolio is made out of primarily triplexes, some duplexes, a few singles. I don't want, and I have so many triplexes. I don't want any more. <laughs> um, I, so I'm going for much larger deals um, because you do realize just the work um, that goes in the same amount of time that it takes you to do this. You can do that with the numbers are bigger. I would um, encourage newbies to, you know, start off uh, smaller. So you're not taking those big hits because in real, real estate mistakes are very expensive. And if you jump out, what we see on HGTV is not, it's not the properties does not get renovated in 30 minutes. Problems are not solved in, you know, three minutes between breaks. Um, it is not an easy game. And, um, you know, a lot of people lose their shirt. Real estate will punch you in the face if you don't know um, what you're doing. And a lot of people never recover from, from that punch in the face. So I would encourage um, just get educated and start off um, smaller, um, whether that be a single, a duplex, a triplex, a quad. Um, start off that way, really understand the process. For example, I'm doing these full guts. I'm buying houses with no back wall, the roof missing. Like you walk in, you're gonna fall through the floor. You know, but I started out new construction. Mm. After that, it was uh, my first four flips was paint, carpet, new bathroom and kitchen. That's it. Walls. Like, that's it. That's it. You know what I mean? Um, just a cleanup job, a heavy, like a cosmetic rehab. Um, and then I started buying, you know, these full guts, these rough, you know, projects. So, um mm -hmm. Yeah, just because you see your favorite real estate investor buying these crazy houses, I would caution you against that. Because uh, even for us experienced folks, it's not it's not easy stuff necessarily. That makes sense. So for the beginner who hasn't purchased a property yet but is interested, what should they have in place? You know, they've, they've decided, okay, I want to start my real estate investing career or I want to start looking for a property. What should they have lined up before they even start going online and looking at properties? I think the number one thing is a real estate mentor. Um, you can really, so they say, uh, learn from your mistakes. But the truth is the mistakes don't have to be yours. It could be someone else's. And so, um, you know, my students, uh, when, when I was teaching, they were able to come and leverage my 14 years of experience and not make the cost and mistakes that I did. So I would encourage uh, everybody listening to this, you want to get started, find a, a, a great mentor. And make sure, right, because everybody popping on social media, make sure your mentor has receipts. Make sure it's not just them saying, hey, look at what I did, but make sure it's other people who look like you, who have the same goals that you have, who started from where you are, that mentor was able to, you know, get them to the next level. Um, you know, when I was teaching, I had over 100 testimonials from students that um, I helped get their first property, second, third, fourth property. I have some students. I actually saw one of my students, Alicia, last night. I went to support her at a, um, that, a real estate club where she was speaking. She's on property number eight. Uh, I have another student, Shavir, in Baltimore. She's on number 13. She's killing it. So make sure that your mentor has actually helped people. Because I know a lot of folks are like, oh, I don't want to get scammed. That's how you make sure. Um, 
they should tag these people in their posts so you know they're real people. Uh, so mentorship, mentorship, mentorship. That's gonna your men, a good mentor pays for themselves. Mm-hmm. So let's say they're charging, I don't know. Um, I'll just use a low number just to so we focus on the example and not the number. Let's say they're like, give me $25 to teach you. That mentor should save you $50, $100, $200. Um, a good mentor, they pay for themselves. And that way working with them was free. Um, because if you invest in real estate without investing in education, you're going to invest in mistakes instead, if that makes sense. So I just yeah. want to drive that home because I didn't have a mentor when I started. And so I had become the mentor that I wish I had when I started. And it cost me a lot because I, I didn't have that. So I'm just, you know, sharing with you guys from experience. Um, so after a mentor, you need money. Um, you need money, whether you go um, more traditional FHA route, where you're able to pick up a property and put down only 3.5%. Uh, I would not encourage anybody to put down 20%. That's the old slow way to buy real estate. Um, after that, I would um, encourage you to use uh, hard money or um, private money. So what that would look like is, because a lot of people are afraid of it because the interest is really high, but you can take out a hard money loan because it's just temporary money. It's not like money you're getting going to use long-term. You take the temporary money because hard, hard money is so expensive because it's so much easier to get than almost any other type of lending. So if you go to a traditional bank and ask for you know $100,000 for renovation, they're either mostly going to say no because they're not in that business um, or you're going to have to go through a 60-day approval process or you'll have to take it out as a uh, line of credit because they're not going to give it to you for this house. Whereas a hard money lender, they know what you're doing. Um, they put a lien on the property to make sure, you know, if anything goes sideways, they're able to, you know, recoup from it and they give you the cash and you get it done. And then you go to a more traditional bank and you refinance out. You're able to pay them all their money back. If you did your numbers right, you make some money or you put money in your pocket. So a lot of my properties that I pick up, I'm paying myself. I'm getting paid to buy these properties. So they cost me nothing. The returns are infinite because of that. So get your money in place. Um, and I guess with all that, that I said, get your strategy in place. That's a strategy when I just went over. Uh, if you don't have a strategy, you're going to be out here putting down 20%. And what does that look like? It looks like you only being able to pick up one property every six years because it takes you, you know, it, every time you buy a property, it drains your bank account, you know, that the, the 15, 20,000, 30, whatever you were able to save up, um, it gets drained versus I just pick up the phone and I get my 15, 20, $30,000. I get it in a week versus having to take, and that's how I've been able to grow my portfolio so fast and get you a good strategy. But if you have a good mentor, you're going to get that. Uh, you'll know where to get the money from. And then um, those are the two, two most important things because a lot of us will start out just starting looking for properties. Well, let's say you just so happen, you find a good deal, but you have no money. So then no seller is going to wait for you 30 to 60 days to get your money straight. So you want to have that um, straight up front so you can actually be competitive for properties when you when you see it. No, that makes sense. So lastly, if you could talk to Atia at the beginning of her career, what advice would you give her? I would have told her to get a mentor. Um, but here's the thing. When I started in 2007, Instagram did not exist. It wasn't it didn't exist yet. 
Um, Facebook, you still had to have that college email. So it was just a college thing. And YouTube, people were posting cat videos. And so uh, it wasn't YouTube University that we know today. And so um, I would say definitely leverage that, that mentorship. Maybe I could have found some local real estate clubs or something like that. Mm. Um, but the, the mentorship piece, um, I would also uh, encourage myself to really focus because uh, what we focus on expands. And uh, if I were really focused on it, I could have, you know, had double, triple the size portfolio that I have now. Um, so really, really focus. Um, I would also say be organized. Your bookkeeping is super important. 90% um, of millionaires were created with real estate. And so there's so many tax incentives, tax advantages, and you can only actualize them if you um, have good bookkeeping. And you don't have to be good at it because it's not something that I'm good at. You just have to hire people. It's not something that I'm good at. Um, you just have to hire people that are. Um, you want to watch your accountant, the person who's filing your taxes. The person who was filing my taxes in 2007, they can't handle what I have going on now. So you need to, as you grow, your team needs to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and my number one piece of advice would be to... Pay attention to your circle because the one, the number one, if I had to pick one thing that's taken me from level to level to level is my circle. Um, when I, you know, started focusing on, you know, trying to make six figures, I started hanging around people who were making six figures. When I hit six figures a month, it's because I kept hanging around people who were making six figures a month. Same thing with seven figures. And where I am at now, I'm, I got a lot of people in my circle who are making seven figures a month. I'm not there yet, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if I hit that sooner than later, because that's who's in my circle. So make sure your circle is constantly challenging you. We've all heard it. The easiest way to kill a big dream is to expose it to a small mind. Uh, and if you are hanging around the people who knew you when and you know, I'm not saying, you know, get rid of your husband, your mama, your best friend, all the people, but you might just have to shift your relationship with them um, and make sure in your top five, you have people who are where you want to be. And if it's hard finding that in your circle, join masterminds, join Facebook groups. Um, you can attend real estate clubs virtually. You can go in person this is how I began to level up my circle. And, and you, you know, if you say, hey, I don't want to pay a mentor right now because I, I spend six figures a year in mentorship, right? But no one taught me that. So when I started, I was like, I ain't paying nobody for information. You know what I mean? This is in 2011 when I was leaving my job. And so I started going to real estate clubs, which was free or like $20 to get in the door. And then I started to realize the need for information. You want somebody to hold your hand. But if you're asking a millionaire, you have somebody showing up to a real estate club and they own a bunch of properties, they're a millionaire. You're asking a millionaire to stop making millions to teach you, you gotta pay them something. Or you'll have people who are super generous and they'll just see your commitment, see that you're serious, see that you're showing up every week and be willing to pour into you because I, I have select few people that I do that with, but be willing to do whatever it is um, that it takes and just understand when you're popping into these millionaires DMs, um, these successful people, they got to stop making millions to talk to you and you got to show them that you're serious or pay them for their time and be okay with that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And super last, last, 
where do you see your company or yourself in 10 years? Let's let's jump into the future real quick. Wow. So um, that's what it looks like. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, my portfolio, you know, will certainly grow exponentially. Uh, I'm getting ready to go into growth mode again with that because prices are falling. It's an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are going to be running away. That's when the real real estate investors stand up. So uh, the real the real ones we've been waiting for this time uh, mm-hmm. to come where where prices drop. And so I'm I'm preparing to get busy. So my portfolio easily with with 10x um, in the next 10 years. Um, I'm also focusing on speaking more. It's my people go, oh, you found your passion. Real estate is actually uh, speaking is my passion. It's the thing that I've loved since I was a little girl. I'm always asked to come out and speak uh, to different groups. You know, I obviously speak about real estate, but I also talk about hitting the reset. But my company is the real estate reset. Everything's um, there's been a theme throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Every time I've taken big leaps, whether it be financially with my career, um, you know, just these different areas, it's because I was willing to stop, hit the reset button and either reinvent or do things differently, mm-hmm. um, shift my mindset, shift my circle. It's just constant resets. And that being willing to reset over and over again is what gets you from level to level. So I'll be out in the marketplace talking about that a lot. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. Awesome. Awesome. Atiyah, thank you so much for coming by and sharing all your insight and information. We definitely appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Tony. No problem. Take care. You too.